0: I'm Chuck and I'm Buck and this is the Buck and Chuck gaming connection. And guess what guys we told you last episode we're gonna start counting down our top 100 favorite games. We both have come in with our own list. we're going in completely blind. We don't know each other's list and we think that's gonna make for a much more interesting podcast. It's gonna be more off the cuff and just on the fly and yeah exactly like you said, more interesting. We're kind of like the average conversations that we just have when we're just arguing with each other on what the best games are. <laughs> <laughs> the typical conversations gamers have, really. So we thought we'd, we'd go ahead, uh, most, you know, top 10, top 5, top 100 list. Mention a few honorable mentions just to start it off. Buck, what do you got? Um, I'm not going to mention all these because there's way too many. But I had like 20 honorable mentions. I'm just going to say some of them here. Dragon Ball Fighters almost made the cut. It didn't make it. I'm actually kind of surprised. It did not make the cut. It was close. Uh, Ikaruga, Mega Man X2, Catherine, which is a pretty cool puzzle game. People played that out. Monsters in My Pocket for the NES. Man, I'm getting blown away by your actual list, knowing what's on your honorable mentions. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. See? Street Fighter 3, another classic. Third Strike, I assume. Yeah. Street Fighter 3, Third Strike, for sure. Not Second Impact or, or the original. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Uh, Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. Got, got pretty close there, but not quite. Fair enough. And uh, Champions of Norad. Dude, that was one of my honorable mentions. (laughs) Righteous. I don't know. Did we actually ever play that together? Yeah, we did. I can't remember. I used to play that with everybody. I've played so many games with you that that's a (laughs) that's a game. I remember playing with other folk. I I played that with like the weirdest group of like me, you Dell and Clay played that together before. Oh, yeah, well, I played it. I played it with all those people, that's for sure. And plus extras. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Crazy crew in high school, that's for sure. That game's great, and the sequel's awesome, too. Uh, Return to Arms, I believe it was? Yeah. Yep, I think so. Uh, Armored Core 3 I also have on here, which is a game I put a ton of hours into, the customization options from back when From Software was doing stuff that wasn't just Souls games. And then uh, Tales of the Abyss. That came real close to making it. Well, if you had all of the Tales games on your list, that'd be about all there are. Yeah, that could be at least the top 50. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, I'll just just cut it off there. There's a few others, but like uh, North by Northwest, the Lost Vikings Returns, a really cool game. Streets of Rage 3, 20XX. Yeah, I could go on. But you won't, or you might. I don't know. I felt like you were already going to stop. I was going to stop, but I was like, nah. You know, these, games, these games are still classics. They need to be mentioned. Yes. Okay, well, I got a handful uh myself. Uh one of them's gonna be Draken Guard for the PS2. Uh, oh, really okay. Like I thought you meant like for the, the SNES. I was like, that game's atrocious. No, Draken sucks. Okay. guard <laughs> a lot of people think sucks too, but that's like my Dynasty Warriors game of choice. a uh, lot of a lot of cool RPG elements there, lots of cool weapons to unlock. It's a really good grind if, you, if you're if you looking for that. Another one you might be surprised of God of War 3 didn't make it on my list. Yeah, I thought that would have made it for sure. It almost did, as you can tell, but not quite. Another one, Demon's Crest, is a game that a lot of people should play on the Super Nintendo. A pretty unknown Metroidvania 2D side-scrolling game. Really it's cool. Good old uh, Firebrand from Marvel vs. Capcom fame is yep. the main character. yep. Uh, I got a few Final Fantasy games uh, that I wanted to mention that didn't make it on the list. Pretty much all the Super Nintendo games. <laughs> 4, 5, and 6 are great. And I know this is this is going to rub you the wrong way, but 10. Really? Yeah. You in... didn't like that near as much as me. Right, Spoiler alert. Alert. <laughs> that's coming. Yeah. No, I, I know that. It's still a great game, though. It deserves to... To be close. I mean, I love the sphere grid. I actually kind of like how linear the game is. Never mind that it it's got good characters. The story's not too bad. But as far as my favorite Final Fantasy games, it's not quite there. Uh, another one: uh, Sonic Adventure on the Dreamcast. I loved that you game. you always, it... always love that game. Yeah, I do. And I know it's like a meme to like Sonic I... games at this point. Like it's. I don't. I don't know if it's ironic. To to like Sonic games at this point, I don't know. But 3D Sonic games, we'll say there's there's definitely an asterisk there because if you like 2D ones, I don't think people look down on you too much, but 3D ones for sure. God, even some of those 2D ones are pretty bad, but they're they're leaps and bounds better than any of the 3D ones for the most part.
1: There's but a uh, couple
0: outliers, but yeah, yeah. Say Sonic Adventure, actually Sonic Generations was really good. Yeah, that one was good. Um, yeah, Sonic know, Mania colors i think was actually pretty decent i think i played that one it, i kind of liked it sonic colors wasn't too bad sonic uh was it like the hero okay. yeah with the teams yeah that one was okay yeah so so like the 3d ones are all awesome apparently except for um <laughs> sonic knights uh sonic for the was it just sonic, sonic for like 06? the ps3 yeah sonic 06 for the ps3 and 360 was atrocious yeah so but but Sonic Adventure when it came out on the Dreamcast, that was a killer app at that point. And Sonic levels in 3D in any of those games are some of the most fun levels. Some of the most fun levels that you could just hold forward and, and win. And it's still a good time. And those That's were, basically those what a were Sonic a spectacle, game is. They were a spectacle back then, like people don't realize that that was really cool at the time, like watching three D Sonic and stuff just move that fast, even though you weren't really playing the game half the time. You were basically on Rails. But I mean, even the old two D Sonic games, the best levels were basically hold right. Let's well, be true. honest. So chemical plant, props to you. Uh another one, uh Sweak In, the original. Now, mind everybody, the second one's not going to be on my list because I never actually played that one that much. Big reasoning is because I love Sweet In so much. I I actually played this game like two or three times trying to get all the characters all the way through so I could start up squeak it in too. but each time I always mess it up somewhere along the lines and it's <laughs> it's such a drag trying <laughs> to get everything right because was there like a 102 characters or something in each one of the games 106 108 I think 100 yeah that, yeah that might be it uh, but uh, really cool RPG uh, pretty actually cool story cool characters uh, a lot of cool systems in that one. Uh, the, the whole series is actually pretty good, except for I think people hate on f- four or five. I can't remember. The one with the ship, I think. I think yeah. It's four, I want to say. I could be wrong. Well, clearly I never made it that far since I s- stopped after one. I <laughs> uh, then, as you mentioned, Champions of Norath. Um, and then a series that I definitely don't think it's talked enough, up enough about is uh, Animusha. uh Particularly Animusha 3 was my favorite in the series. Is that the one with the French dude? Yeah, John okay. Renault. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that one was really good. Now, the first one was really good too, and that was the one that recently got uh, re-released, got an HD port on yeah, the I Switch. Played, uh, Onimusha, the one that actually is like a remaster that came out in the original Xbox, like an update version with, I guess, a little bit better graphics. Like Onimusha, yeah. I don't remember the name of it. Genma Onimusha, maybe or something. Yeah, Genma Onimusha. Yep. Yeah, that game was really cool. That's yeah, actually that one... the only one I played. Yeah, I was going to say, if you like that one, you're going to like the other ones, for sure. And then the last one, which probably make a lot of people upset that I actually think it's a pretty good game. uh, The reboot of Devil May Cry, DMC Devil May Cry, was a really fun game, regardless of how much you hate the redesign of Dante, which I do. And the dialogue and the story of that game is pretty trash. But the gameplay is fun. You know, it's basically what uh, everybody wanted or at least as far as I'm concerned, what I wanted from a Devil May Cry battle system until we got Devil May Cry 5 and I learned that I was wrong. So I think that even the redesign, I mean, the redesign was bad. Don't get me wrong, but if they wouldn't have even screwed up his character even more than the redesign, like he was just super whiny. and Yeah, he was, was definitely weird. super whiny at the beginning. Like once you got later in the game, that stopped being the case. But a lot of people who were turned off by that never made it that far. Where it counts, the gameplay is good. And that's what you go to a Devil May Cry game for. Or a character action game in general. Yeah, for sure. And there you have it. Those are my honorable mentions. Uh, One thing that we do want to state before we start counting these down. These are our personal 100 favorite games. Not the 100 greatest games of all time. (laughs) Not the most highly rated. Not the most highly influential. Things like that. But the games that we think are our favorite of all time, that we've played over the course of the years. Certainly not highest rated, because there's going to be some on here that probably aren't going to be rated too high at all, at least a few on mine. So. Definitely not. Yeah, Like you said, it's just a personal favorites list. So before you get your panties in a wad and you disagree with us, we know that's going to happen. <laughs> we know that we're going to disagree with each other. I mean, we already have. Final Fantasy X being a key example. Yeah, that's going to be probably, for sure, in this, the second half of my list. So. And I already know a couple games on my list that are going to be much lower on your list. And you're just going to be like, what? What? <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that. Like much higher, or much lower. I'm not sure what you mean. If they're going to the be like... a, a, they're going to be lower on my list. I count being number one, being the highest. OK, gotcha. Yeah, there, I'd say that'll go both ways with some stuff. Probably, but I think people will find that we'll actually have pretty unique lists overall. I'd say so. All right, well, why don't you go ahead and get us started, Buck? All right, number 100, and I think this will probably be on your list at some point. I I could be completely wrong, because we played a lot of it, a decent amount of it together, and you put actually more time into it than I did. Guitar Hero 2. Hmm. Yep, one of my favorites. Good old PS2. The first uh, really started the phenomenon for me for uh, plastic instruments. I think it did for most people to be I mean, honest. The first one, Yeah, the first, the first one was th- a hit, but the second one was a huge hit. Yeah, as, as big as like literally Guitar Hero, between Guitar Hero 2 and 3, that is as big as the uh, music game genre ever got. I, I, I don't know, I'd argue Rock Band is, I'm not sure if Rock Band eclipsed or it just did for us. I don't think Rock Band ever eclipsed it as far as sales go, but it, I mean, as far as a game, it offers more and it's a, it's a more well-rounded experience. And obviously I appreciate it more. Uh, and you do too, just because you yeah. can play it with more friends and you got it, do more stuff. Yeah. You got more options there. I don't think there's any argument there, but I think as far as the popularity uh, and as, especially as as fresh as it was at that point, I think if you look at like the sales numbers, guitar hero, especially in those days, dwarfed anything rock band ever did. And it's, I don't know the whole just, music genre in general the plastic instruments genre whatever you want to call it it's like a just kind of a cool moment in time almost where if you weren't there at the time you're you're not going to get it and i don't know if something like it'll ever really come back but it was a phenomenon there in you know 2006 to about 2009 or 10 yeah that was like our college careers yeah it hit us at a good time i actually wish rock band would have hit us a little bit sooner I I agree, because we were all kind of spread out. Yeah, because that was, well, Rock Band was towards the tail end of college, at least by the time that I'd gotten it. Rock Band was came out in 08. And I think I don't remember. I think I got it in summer of 08. Are you that or? Yeah, I got in summer 08. Rock Band, Rock Band 2 came out in 2009 or 10. Yeah, I know Guitar Hero 2. I want to say I got it like the summer before we went to college. So like summer 06. And we put a lot of hours in that game. It had some good tracks, too, like Beast and the Harlot from Avenged uh, Sevenfold. Radium Eyes" from Count Zero. <laughs> I remember Oh, that's that. a that's a deep cut. That's a real deep that's cut. That's a real deep cut. Yeah, yeah there were some some real bangers on there for some reason. Like, it's been a long time since I've played that one. And it, uh, it's hard for me to remember <laughs> what's on there. I'll, uh, never forget you. Hangar 18. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Hangar 18. <laughs> the bane of my existence. I can beat this guy, I swear, every time I'm an expert. Nah, 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 nah. And then you would fail. <laughs> <Just> Let <laughs> me bring over my memory card. I'll prove it that either I or some rock god <laughs> came over and did it for me. It's unfair.
1: <laughs> There's a lot every of pressure there.
0: During the solo, me and Roy there, you failed. Well, I don't think that my uh, skills have aged gracefully, so I don't I don't feel good about my chances these days. I still remember Roy failing them bones all <laughs> the time. Was that Alice and Chains? Yes, <laughs> I got it started for like two hours one day. Well, that's when he was learning hard mode, I believe, yes. and that was that like the big threat. yeah, that was the big step. If you went from three to four, or is it no, no, that was from four to five, wasn't four it? To five, yeah, yeah, yeah they, they those games. There was there was a very interesting learning curve to them, and between like medium and hard, and then yeah. hard and expert, there was a there was definitely a difficulty spike there, and you had to be pretty dedicated
1: to I keep going. Medium
0: to hard was even like harder because that made you it made you pick it up, and then hard to expert took it to the next level. Yeah, it added more chords and obviously just more notes overall. Because like medium to hard was like going super Saiyan, but then you're going like super Saiyan two or three when you go up to expert. Yeah, just adding that extra button and just figuring out how to slide up and down the the neck of the guitar. That was that was the real tricky part. And I mean, when you look at it in comparison to actually playing guitar, it's so simple because there's only five buttons, but you know, it really it really was a fun experience that just kind of channeled the the passion and the enjoyment of music into the video game genre in a really cool way. Yeah, I'm pretty sure everyone at least like Thought about getting a guitar, almost got a guitar around that time period that played that game. And I know I did. did. Not translate whatsoever. Absolutely not. I spent way too many hours wasting my time alert, trying to learn how to play guitar, and then I spent, gave up. Like two hours trying to tune it, and I was like, "Good lord, this is well, insane." Well, I mean, at, at the same token, had I spent even half the time I spent that trying to learn Guitar Hero, <laughs> I probably could have learned. You might, might be on a tour right now. <laughs> yeah. It was just one of those things. Uh, video games are, are very engaging for me, and I was like, "Oh, this is a fun way to. This is a this is a fun challenge. This is something new, and that just that makes it easier overall." Rocksmith didn't quite get me to learn no. guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Not even close. No. Guitar Hero Two was like the perfect, and it just Rock Band also but the perfect right place, right time game for it. He oh yeah. Wanted to kick my list off with with a bang. That's a good one. That was a good one. That might be a little higher on my list. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All right. So, by number 100, uh, it's, a, it's known by a few names, but the uh, main one is Poyo Poyo or Kirby's Avalanche or my favorite, Dr. Dr. Robotics Bean Bean Machine. <laughs> known by many names, but one of, one of many different variants on uh, a simple puzzle game. Uh, a match four, if you will, in this case, uh, you drop uh, two multicolored blobs down from the top of the screen and you try to uh, match the different colors and try to get rid of of all the lines, do combos, get higher points for the combos. And then also, if you're playing multiplayer, trying to cascade down uh, extra blobs on your on your enemy. I know you've played this one at least a decent amount. I know you there's other puzzle games you're a heck of a lot more into. Yeah, I played that one quite a bit though and that game is addicting. It's very addicting. Yeah, this is this is, is my good. this is my favorite variant on this type of puzzle game. Even more than Tetris Attack and things like that, even though those are great. This has always been my favorite cuz there's there's very little more satisfying than building up uh, all these different pieces disappearing just like four or five blocks and then just having it rain down into just a never-ending combo and demolishing your your foe. There and a lot something... of times, you would just, mm-hmm. you would dumb luck into this epic combo. Yes. And it didn't matter, I, it was I still good satisfying. I to be able to actually, like, set up a ridiculous combo, but I know, against each other, we've dumb lucked into plenty of combos. Still satisfying. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you feel like a million bucks. Almost more satisfying. It doesn't really matter which version of the game that you play. They're really all the same. Uh, I played mostly Kirby's Avalanche, because that was... My first foray into it on the Super Nintendo. Doctor Robotnik's Mean main beam, main beam machine <laughs> is on on the Sega Genesis. It's also on the Game Gear. It's also on several of those Genesis collections too. So I think actually I actually had the most experience with that one. Yeah, it's probably the easiest one to find. Besides, there has been various releases of Puyo Puyo. Like they have one that just came out, or well, didn't just come out, but came out on the Switch pretty shortly after release. That is Puyo Puyo Tetris. Where you could switch which puzzle game you want to play, and you can play multiplayer with people. One person prefers Tetris over Puyo Puyo, which I don't know why someone would. Definitely not. <laughs> but I get it, and that's a fun game. So they're not hard to find, and they're all they're all cool experiences. There's even probably a, uh, I'm sure a there's one of on the phone. Still. Yeah, oh I'm sure yeah. There is. So. That's my top hundred, or my top hundred. That's it. That's, that's all. That's Kirby's it. Avalanche. All the different variants of Puyo Puyo. Yeah. Well, there probably is a hundred of them. Right. But it, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty simple puzzle game overall. Most puzzle games are. But one of the beauties of puzzle games is that if you know if you have friends over, it's a simple thing to get people into. They understand it right away, and most casual gamers enjoy it too. Yeah. Usually, like, there's unless someone is really good at like a certain puzzle game, you can usually be kind of competitive if just have people jump in for like a party type game. But if there's like someone that's a beast, then it's it's a little more difficult. But usually with something like that, you can just have someone just, you know, friends jump in and out and still be pretty competitive and cool. Yeah, I, I don't think we, you could honestly get too much more casual than our 200 spots. Guitar Hero 2 and a puzzle game. It's not so bad. Yeah, and I'm actually going to take it uh, a lot away from the casual arena and then yeah oh yeah segues for days and bring it to a game we both have a decent amount of experience with and that is a virtue fighter 4 evo for the ps2 for the ps2 and that first of all like the graphics for that game for a ps2 game are are phenomenal actually they still look pretty good and i probably would have picked i mean i'd imagine virtue fighter 5 is probably the best one to go with at this point but i put way more time in a virtual Fighter four evo than I did five so gotta stick with that one it was one of the first games i can remember that had kind of the customization gimmick where you would like in that one you, in this one you go to like japanese arcades and you fight random people or what's supposed to be like players essentially and then you actually win items there like you can get a random hat to put on you know wolf for any of your characters jeffrey i don't remember who to you use I'm trying to think in virtual fighter yeah Jackie. oh i i want to say yeah the the super saiyan 2 biker dude yeah that'd be jack <laughs> blonde haired dude yeah and i use the uh the monk dude and then i remember leon and i forgot the monk dude's name like right, Leon. <laughs> sure. You're <laughs> just throwing stereotypical names out there at this point. Hashtag not racist. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. Might sound like it, but no. Yeah, that was a that was a very interesting game because 3D fighting games typically not so much my cup of tea, but that was uh, that was a fun game uh, when we when we were playing it. We actually didn't play it. I don't think we played it for that long no it wasn't, it wasn't it. one that we went back to months later we we played it pretty good for like a month or two and but it was a ball It was a really good game you probably may have played it more on your own than we did together i definitely played it quite a bit on my own going through because they had the story mode thing and not even necessarily story mode like i said the arcade i don't remember it was called like kumite or something like that where you could go through and you would rank up and you would fight exposed players at the the local japanese arcades and things it's supposed to be based on their ai yeah it was kind of cool it was like a it's like a simulated online rank ranking mode that we have now in modern fighting games yeah pretty much that's a good way to describe it and that game is ridiculously deep virtue fighter in general well the move list is longer than the holy bible i think <laughs> In most characters, like there's not that many characters in the game, but a lot of them have different stances that do all kinds of different moves. And uh, Tekken, you can pretty much mash buttons and string together combos. Look kind of impressive. Virtua Fighter, you can't do that. It's a whole lot more technical than Tekken. Yeah, it's. I think it's more firmly based in the the actual forms of martial arts that it's based off of than Tekken is. I think they take a, a few more liberties in the design of their characters. I don't know if that's part of it, but there are literally probably 100, 150 moves per character, uh, be it, you know, directional inputs or just most of them are strings of buttons that you have to hit to pull off different techniques. Yeah, and there's one thing that I'm not a fan of. There's a block button like there are in uh, the good old NetherRealm games, which back is just the way to go to block. I don't I really don't know why they don't just put that in as an option. That would be nice, but it's not like the back button actually does anything in those games. As far as I'm aware, there's some things they could have it like, I mean, block with back in Tekken, too. But I mean, there's a lot of attacks that use it, so they could definitely still work it in there. It's just like one more thing that makes it more difficult. So it was a, a super fun game. And this was like you said before you could before for sure I could go online. I mean, not many people took their PS2s online and it gave me a lot of single player content to do in a fighting game, which was. So I could play, besides when I was just, we were playing against each other. It can't be underestimated how original that customization option was back then. Like, I know every fighting game has it now. But almost every game in general has some form of character customization at this point, regardless of how deep it is. That was actually really unique back then ahead of its time today you would be paying freaking loot boxes and crap you'd be paying actual dollars for all the items you could just unlock in the game then yeah this one you you had to have the skill to get that stuff i don't know if you could like grind cash and buy stuff maybe that was some of it but i know that you actually had to defeat some of the tougher opponents and they were ridiculously hard this is it? They got to the point where they were like cheap fighting game boss levels. Yeah, got to the point where they were cheap hard, where they could have like inhuman reflexes to counter basically everything you did. Well, yeah, I also think that magnifies what you said, which kind of glossed over earlier. Their fighting styles were based off of tournament level players back in those days. So the developers actually worked with them and did some kind of like I don't know if they did like AI learning or whatever they did to get them uh, to somewhat. Reflect the way that those players actually played those characters, and that's pretty cool, and that's something you don't see these days. That's very true, and those people must have played like dicks because they were really hard. Yes, they were annoying, but it was it was cool feature. Yeah, Virtual Fighters a a great series, and we we didn't play a whole lot of the the first two Virtual Fighters. That Virtual Fighter Three was the first one that we really got into. Yeah, and it's the I'd say the worst one of the series if I had to had to pick. It's kind of the odd child out. You think Virtua Fighter 3 is the worst in the series? I think it's it's not, maybe not necessarily the worst. It's definitely like the Redhead Stepchild. It's the most different. It's oh, got, uh, oh, I actually said that this one was Virtua Fighter 3. I meant Virtua Fighter 4. Yeah, Virtua Fighter 3, that was the one on the Dreamcast, wasn't it? Dreamcast. Yeah, yeah, that one's not very good. You're right. Okay. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah, I don't remember playing it that much either. But. Yeah, no, no, I didn't I didn't play that one much either, but uh that one was not my cup of tea. It didn't quite grab me. I was too into 2D fighting games on the Dreamcast, but that's a that's another story. All right. Oh, what good. you got next? I think we're gonna move on to one of my favorite series of all time. It may surprise you that this is this low, uh, but I think a lot of these games are gonna surprise you. Number ninety-nine is the original Castlevania for the NES. You know, I'm not that surprised it's that low because there's so many in the series and I personally I don't think the original one is is great, but I can definitely see where you're coming from and I can appreciate it, I guess. Sure. And th- that's kind of what I was thinking too. Like when I think Castlevania games, my my mind automatically goes towards Symphony of the Night-esque Castlevania games because those are the, always the ones that I enjoyed the most. But the classic 2D side-scrolling, you know, level-based Castlevania games will always, you know, they'll always have a place in my heart as well. Uh, just not as quite as fondly remembered. And the original, while, I mean, it, it definitely started started it all. It's better than Simon's Quest, the sequel, that's for sure, even though <laughs> Castlevania 2 is... It, it tried a lot of new things. I got to give it credit for them actually not sticking to the formula 100%. But the original Castlevania uh would that come out like 86 86 yeah uh so it started all you know six levels it it introduced a lot of the the classic castlevania enemies that we remember today you know like the medusa heads the skeletons a lot of the bosses like the giant bats uh frankenstein and igor medusa things of that nature and it also obviously the first game with the the classic sub weapons, the the axe dagger, holy water cross, uh, the whip upgrades. And then uh, obviously, I actually I was researching it before this. I actually had to research this game uh, that I've played so many times. Man. This, this was the this is actually the first time I forgot that the first cast of any game actually had the multiplayer or the, the multiplayer, the multiplier pickup or power up in the game where it lets you like throw out like three crosses, two or three and. It's a way to be kind of overpowered in the game if you know where to find them and you can actually stay alive long enough to have them. But I, didn't I mean, why that was a thing in the first Castlevania? I'd forgotten about it. Like, if somebody would ask me, I'd been like, "Yeah, Castlevania three for sure. That was the first time that was that was a thing." I think Castlevania the original. It, it really like I think I've, I've said it before. It was the first like survival horror game in my book because it's it's not a real you know twitch reflex kind of game you have to be very deliberate about what you do you have to know the game pretty well there's a certain amount of memorization as there was with you know nintendo hard games <laughs> you have to you have to do that but you have to you know you have to save your resources for you know for bosses or uh specifically tricky enemies and, and things like that so i mean it was really just the first resident evil game and well i mean Simon's freaking shoes were made of cement, clearly, because the way he walked and jumped and moved. He just he had to put a stick up his ass before he jumped every time. <laughs> the classic meme you better buy an engagement ring for that jump. <laughs> but I mean it it started the franchise and I've I've loved it. I've loved it ever since. Even though I, I originally played Dracula or Dracula Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse. That was the first one I ever played, I I very much appreciate uh, one and two as well. Uh, I know three is going to be higher up the list, at least I would imagine quite a bit higher. I don't know where you're getting those kind of spoilers. (laughs) I guess I'll I'll move on to my number 98 here. And it's a game that uh, I think you spend some time with. I'm not sure how much. But I'm pretty sure they're one that actually told me about it, and that's Rogue Legacy. Oh, Rogue Legacy, yeah, that was a that was a, a fun indie game to discover out of nowhere. Yeah, I'm generally not a fan of the, the roguelike genre. Neither you know, one of us are. No, but Rogue Legacy had so many just cool little twists on it. I mean, the, the gameplay itself is, is top-notch, and then all the different um, basically stats or traits your characters get. So I guess I'll just kind of break it down. Of, at the beginning of the game, you pick from... One of three characters, and they all have their their different quirks, and it's usually some things good and sometimes things some things might be bad. Like they may have uh, giantism where they're, they're huge, and then it makes them you know bigger targets. They they can hit fairly hard, and they might be colorblind, so the whole game is black and white. Like there's all kinds of just weird, unique things they did that made that game really freaking cool. Yeah, it was one of the very first really popular roguelikes that I can remember. And they had all the weird classes. Like there was eventually you unlocked like a vampire class and like a, a Hokage class from Naruto, where you just like a ninja that did random things. And did you have to beat the game to unlock that? No, I definitely had Hokage a lot. Um, I think you had to. You didn't have to beat the game to get vampire, but it was way up like the the skill tree as far as getting coins enough money to you almost had to beat the game to get that one because you need so much money oh okay that that explains it then I got really into that game for like probably like two nights uh one of my buddies downloaded we we played the crap out of it and I think after that is when I told you about it and I never actually ended up finishing it yeah I, I finished it and I didn't I didn't do the new game plus it's still actually I went back to it the other day because I know we were just thinking about this list and going through some of the games and I had to play it. And I was like, man, I forgot how many times I died. I think it was like 240 something on my first playthrough or something because it keeps track of your death count. And you see all your characters that died because they all have unique names and stuff. And they're all their stats. So you go by because it's like a a family history uh, legacy, if you will. And it breaks down, and you can kind of see all the characters. Because, yeah, me and one of my buddies, me and Brad, ended up playing through it. It probably took like a week, and we just passed control back and forth. And most of the time, die miserably and get a little bit further and then die again. Yeah, it had a great curve of, regardless of how short your run was, you typically always made a little bit of progress. And that's one thing that I don't feel like a lot of roguelikes get quite right. But I also just don't like the roguelike genre in general, because I love I love my RPG progress, but I don't like it when it's starts over. Well, it's a well, Rogue Legacy, assuming you get far enough, you actually there is permanent progress to be had. And there is and there is for a lot of roguelikes, uh, depending upon which one you pick. But it's not quite as satisfying or as as meaningful uh, for me. So sometimes I just feel like, uh, you know, I just wasted those two minutes because I didn't quite make it far enough to get enough money to buy an upgrade. So that was just a wasted <laughs> couple minutes. But the runs in that game are pretty short and the game's yeah pretty fast paced. And I would say anybody who actually likes, you know, Castlevania games, probably like Rogue Legacy. Yeah, it controls top notch on there. And Rogue Lights, to me, it's a very fine line of being fun and frustrating. Because I have to be able to see, you know, enough progress to, to not get super frustrated. I guess it's the same thing kind of with the Souls games where it kind of rides the line. It can depend on what mood I'm in or, you know, how the day's gone. If I want to actually play a, a Souls game or a, a roguelite or something like that, it's going to possibly test my patience. But yeah, everyone should take a look at Rogue Legacy. I think it's released on basically everything at this point from... PS3 and 360, uh, I know it released for the Switch not too long ago with some new features, I think. Should be easy to check out. Especially Steam, you could probably get it for like two bucks. But yeah, that's a, that's a great entry. One I considered. Alright, the next one on my list. Unless you have more you want to, uh, you know, more sugar you want to pour on that game. No, I'm good. I said it almost made your honorable mentions, I guess. It did almost make my honorable mentions. And you know, it probably should have. It's an honorable sure. game. So, all right. So, mind up, I guess we're at 98 now. So, yes, yeah. so 98. It kind of feels like a cop out, but I, I will pick my favorite game. This is going to be a series. This is actually a series of fighting games, and it's going to be the, the Guilty Gear series. Now, I like pretty much every game in this series, but if I had to pick one, I got to go with the most recent one, Guilty Gear Xard. Is that how you say it? <laughs> The XRD sign or XRD? Oh, oh yeah, XRD sign was that the was that the Turbo edition? Yes, I'm going XRD because I didn't play Sign. Okay, so, yeah, I'm gonna go Guilty Gear XRD because they have I think exactly the same gameplay, just more characters. I believe so. It's hard to argue that that's not the best one in the series, but I I played the crap out of the original uh, that came out in '98 on the original PlayStation, as well as Guilty Gear X2. On the PlayStation 2 and Xbox. And Guilty Gear X was one of the first PS2 games I got, period. I know we played a decent little amount of that, too. Yeah, no, that that was great, too. I mean, honestly, the series, besides maybe adding a little bit more complexity over the years, it hasn't really changed that much and it's just gradually added more characters over time. Uh, but there, there are two, two honorable mentions within the series that I think are, are cool exceptions uh, to that kind of granular upgrading. Uh, one of them is Guilty Gear Azuka, which had a four-player mode that was pretty much a, a failed experiment, but it was kind of <laughs> a cool idea, as well as Guilty Gear Judgment for the PSP that had a side-scrolling co-op beat-em-up mode. So Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. About well, that. Those never quite turn out as cool as they sound in a fighting game but i keep wanting them to try it and find one that that it perfectly it perfectly works out but the the guilty gear series is cool uh from a lot of perspectives if you like edgy anime guilty gear is going to be right up your alley because it's got a lot of really cool anime anime (laughs) anime anime inspired characters soul bad guy Kishki. I mean, those are like classic fighting game characters that anybody who actually Yeah, basically. But they're like, well, soul bad guy at least. It's just like a badass version of Ryu and Ken as far as I'm concerned. The whole aesthetic has kind of just like this this like heavy metal hard rock aesthetic to it. And so is the music. It's just like uh, just like really quick bass beats and it just really gets your blood pumping more than your average fighting game music would. But Guilty Gear also has some really cool um, game mechanics uh, I don't remember all of them besides like Roman canceling and dust canceling and things of that nature but it is the first and only game as far as I know that has introduced the the classic instant kill moves <laughs> which I always tried landing and always <laughs> failed <laughs> yes. which which comes with the uh, the fun fallback of losing your super meter you can't do your your super moves anymore but an instant kill moves, during any one of the rounds you can you can store up your super energy and go into this mode where you're just like like a rage mode almost you glow like red a little bit and yeah a, a limited window where you can actually do it and it's one of the most satisfying things if you land it in a fighting game because i mean you don't just win the round you win the match like it can it, be round one you insta kill you win or better you're down a round
1: yeah and you and get it.
0: To lose. that's the best so you're coming you are down one round and you're low health at the end of the second round and you pull that off. That does feel good. And it's not cheap. The the enemy can block it. The enemy knows it's coming. Yeah, usually Let's you us be you honest think kind of stupid uh, to get caught by it. Yeah, yeah, you, you have to be pretty careless. Plus they only have like maximum maybe ten seconds to pull it off. I don't think it's even that long. And like you said It's not like Pandora like, mode. Good grief. No, it's not Pandora <laughs> mode. <laughs> And like you said, you actually have to enter that uh, that state. So like you start glowing. Like your enemy knows that your insta kill is on, and you have to know you're going to do it because there's no going back at that point. Nope, you're committed. <laughs> yeah, you're you're committed, and of course you want to be. And the animations when you pull those off are, are some of the the coolest cinematic, you know, like super moves in any fighting game. Oh, as far the game as I'm itself. Concerned. It's just like uh, all the games I really like to look up, but the most recent XR games are freaking gorgeous. Yeah, that's anybody who likes Dragon Ball Fighters should thank Guilty Gear XR for that graphic style. Because yeah, Arc System Works is killing it in the 2D fighting game department. So they have, they have mastered the art of 2D, 3D graphics to yeah. a level that I, I never anticipated was actually going to be possible. When I saw Guilty Gear Xrd for the first time in motion, I was just like, <sighs> and then I saw Dragon Ball Z, which is just like pulling my heartstrings way more. I was just like, wow, OK. What's the next stage now? I don't know if it can get better than actually like looking like an anime. So yeah, it's it's ridiculous and they look amazing. Yep. Some of the most technical 2D fighting games out there, cool characters uh graphics are awesome the actual soundtracks are pretty pretty banging and i'd say you can't go wrong with too many of the games but definitely guilty gear x art is the one that i would pick being my favorite of the series yeah it's it's the the most recent one and i mean they all pretty much add features on top of each other so like you said can't go wrong what's your next one one that um we both played a fair amount of and uh, actually, my favorite version of it is actually on the original PlayStation, even though it came out on the SNES or Super Famicom, I should say. I have no idea. You have no idea. I feel like I should, but I, I'm having a I'm drawing a blank here. I, I think you should know. I, I think you should know. You played it, I think, of PlayStation games. It only came out for the first oh, time oh. on PlayStation. Final Fantasy Five. There er, you go. It's that low. Yep. I'm surprised. Yeah, there's I, a, that should tell you how much. I mean, this list is going to surprise you. Uh, I th- I thought about that. The Final Fantasy games were the first one I went to in my head, but I was like, "There's no way he's not going to." I don't feel like he's going to put four on here. So, <laughs> uh, spoiler <laughs> alert, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Final Fantasy Five, and anyone who's played that. Knows the battle system is ridiculously good. Actually, the job, the job system, system is good. The battle system, system is standard fare. Yes, the battle system is just normal. <laughs> yeah. But the combinations you can do with the job system are insane. I've actually yeah, it... been playing it a little the last week or so, just randomly busted out um, on the DS because it still has the Game Boy Advance thing there. That's a good call. I mean, 5 took everything that 3 established and just turned it up to 11. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's not even close. Yeah. As far as what you can do. Because right now I have, like, my main character. I leveled up, like, the Mystic Knight. I don't know if you remember what that does. Is it, like, a Rune Knight where they, like, cast magic on their sword and just attack? Is that what they do? Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea what it is then, I guess. (laughs) Not a clue. I've leveled him up first and then went after that, and now I'm leveling up Ninja. And Ninja has a thing where you can uh, basically attack twice or equip two swords, there, a sword to each hand. So you can get pretty buff there, and then I can use, like, from my Mystic Knight, I can enchant the swords with, like, you know, like fire, lightning, whatever, like Fira. And then you can attack twice with like a freaking elemental blade that does ridiculous amounts of damage. And that's just like one little combination. Yeah, to kind of dig into that a little deeper, the game has, you know, is it like 20 or so jobs, maybe more than that. You level them up independently on each one of the characters, depending upon what you pick. And then you can switch and have one of them as your your sub job and you get abilities from both of them. So you can come up with specific sick combinations for each one of your characters that can cover each other's weaknesses and things like that. Yeah. And it's it's kind of crazy because like you level up and you get lots of different small perks. Like every time you level you might get the first like level one white mage might be, you know, ten job points and then level two might be twenty five and level three might be, you know, fifty. And it goes up to like level seven. Yeah, it goes up much more exponentially than that. It get, it does get ridiculous towards the end. But yeah, I'm actually, I'm farming like in a cave right now where you can get like fight dudes where you get like five job points. So that definitely helps. But yeah, without like a guide and knowing when to farm, it, it could get kind of insane. That game is also brutal. It is really hard. If you've never played it before, it's actually one of the, the hardest Final Fantasy games as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I think it is, and actually, I know, have you, I mean, I got to the end of 4, and I had to grind for, like, 15 hours legit to be able to beat the final boss from the second to last boss. Is that once you get to the moon? Yes. Yeah, Yeah. that that game's really brutal, depending upon what version you play. I think you play the the PS1 version, right? Yeah, the Chronicles one. The Super Nintendo one's much easier. Yeah, I would, I'm totally cool with them dumbing it down for us, like they did originally for the difficulty because the jump was just ridiculous. Yeah, it wasn't even like a, an issue of, well, you don't have, you're not using the right abilities. There's, there's strategy involved. You should be able to get no. This was back when RPGs were, were mostly difficult in the fact that you just needed to be higher level, have better equipment, and that game did have a huge spike at the end. At oh, least five, though, you can, you can somewhat break the game with the right combinations. Like, if you level up Hunter, you get the ability that, like, attacks four times so you can attack everyone in the party. So, like, I leveled that up, and I got... Uh, one of my dudes is, like, a level... Uh, level five ability of Hunter. I forgot what it's called, but... It lets you attack basically four times, and if you combine that with, like, a ninja, you can attack eight times every turn. Like, you can definitely kind of break things a little bit, but, yeah, it's still, it's still a hard game. But you have to know what those strategies are first time players it's a really hard game yeah if you don't like look for any guides and i would say if you're going to play it don't look at guides and experiment for yourself because that's most of the fun of the game because the story is nothing to write home about it's very generic yeah but it's one of those games do not run for random battles take your time do not bum rush through it and i i've originally played on the ps1 which has the the cool feature of being able to play at co-op so i played through with my cousin like he never played rpgs but that was a a cool experience and he got pretty into it for a dude that only was like a casual video game player that would think his favorite games like yoshi's island or something but it's a cool game yeah you know it's weird they they very infrequently allow that as a as a gameplay option these days like the those old final fantasy games up through I don't think eight allowed it, but seven or no, not even seven, but no. nine nine did. Yeah, which was just kind of odd. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> that's not my favorite one. Um, <laughs> but you, you would think that do the Tales games let you do that? I think at least yeah. Symphonia did. Symphonia did, have, did, and I think a couple of the I think Abyss did on PS2. Oh, Vesperia does for sure, because me and Brad played through part of that. Isn't that the garbage one? No, Vesperia is the awesome one on 360. No, oh, it's the PS2 one. Uh, but there uh, you can wonder why I, I can't keep these straight. <laughs> Legendia? Yeah, is that's that... it. That's okay. it. Yeah. I know I own the, the turd, but I couldn't remember the name of it. Sweet. I guarantee you that one's four player. Couch Co-op. <laughs> <on. laughs> but no, I mean, those are like the Final Fantasies and stuff, especially like the old 2D ones. Those can be cool. Especially if you have like a, a, a friend or brother or something that's, you know, into it or close to the same age, like they sh- should have co op experience. That's a requirement. Like, that. like me and you played a decent amount of six. I know we never beat it. Yeah, we probably pay, played maybe a third of it. That's because insane. I, well, I think after I started playing that with you, I think shortly after that, that's when you started playing through five with your cousin. And then you I stopped inviting me over to your house. I played five with him. <laughs> It was, like, around the same time, but it was actually, yeah, it's probably right around the same time, yeah. I thought it was, like, that summer. It was, They were both that summer, for sure. Yeah. I think we may have been playing them at the same time. Except well, I think, I, mean, I think we both agree that we like 5 more than we like 6, so. Yes. Spoiler alert, want... people that probably won't like this, but 6 will not be on here for me. And you already said it's not on here for you. Yes, it's, I, I think it's a good game. Uh, I think there's I think a lot of a merit to it, but it's, it's not one that captured me. Yeah, overrated might be a good word for it. Highly overrated, but it is a good game. And if it wouldn't be looked at in such like high regard and be held up so high, I mean, it's just it's a good, solid 16-bit RPG. But yeah, I prefer five just because of the customization. I didn't think any of the characters in six were that. Saban is awesome. Saban, he, he can suplex people. He's he's a cool dude. And he has like a Kamehameha, so Yeah. Anytime you get to do Street Fighter moves in an RPG, that's cool. Like, that game actually did have some of the most unique, like, character skills. They were very unique overall. I thought that was a huge plus. I thought, well, again, like, 5. Well, I could say the same thing about 5, though. The story in 6, I wasn't huge on. I didn't think the characters themselves. I'm not talking about, like, the moves. I mean, like, the the writing of the characters. There was too many. 5 is a very charming game. It's actually very funny an rpg but uh, there's also some some deep deep stuff yeah it is but yeah um, just jump back on six i guess one more time real quick here okay we should just be talking about six instead of five apparently. Right? I, I guess <laughs> but yeah i mean it's just it's a good game but not five is better i will say that all right so i guess i'll go with my next one another puzzle game We're pretty much repping that here Towards Man. the bottom of the list. Puzzle games aren't they aren't my biggest genre. But I do like a few of them. And this is uh, one of my favorites. From the Dreamcast era. And I know you like it too. And that's going to be Shoot Choo Choo, Choo, Choo Rocket. Rock. Yes. Yeah. This game is amazing. And 100% unique. When it comes to puzzle games. Or probably just games in general. Like this game would be awesome on mobile. If there was a puzzle game. That was going to be good. On a mobile platform. I think this one would do it. I don't know what Sega's doing. Yeah, that was good. I was getting was getting ready to say that's Sega's own IP, and then I don't know what they're why they're not using it. Yeah, I think uh, I think they're just dumb, and we know that's true. So that's, oh, although that's, that's a Famous fact. Star Online Two is coming out over. Yeah, here. Uh, yeah, but I, I'm stoked. I give them, I give them total props for that. But why did it take so long? That's a good so point. That's all I got. I'm going back to Choo Choo Rocket because <laughs> it is a badass game and the Dreamcast always needs to be repped as far as I'm concerned yeah 100% and a fun fact about Choo Chiraga, before I go into the main game mechanics which there's not a ton it's a pretty simple game but it was the first game for the system to support online console gaming that's huge in the history of uh, console gaming because the Dreamcast was the first console to you know get that, that dial up modem connection Dreamcast is so far ahead of its time; it's ridiculous. Yeah, we were not worthy of the Dreamcast, but now the and I think it's fortunate that a lot of the great games for the Dreamcast, except for Choo Choo Rocket, apparently, got ported <laughs> to other systems. They're That's very. True. It's very easy to play most of the awesome games from the console, except for Choo Choo Rocket. It did get. It did get a pretty good port for the Game Boy Advance. Back oh, in yeah, the day. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I have that one. Actually, I know I have it on Dreamcast. It's actually the superior version if if you like playing it on mobile because it's got like a, a bunch of it's got like a hundred or two hundred like extra puzzle stages. But it's is... not easy accessible multiplayer like Dreamcast. That's right. Cool. And you can't play it online. That's true. We never did that, but that's true. <laughs> yeah. So I mean that's an option. But Choo Choo Rocket's very unique. It's kind of a, a top down perspective. Kind of think of it as like a top down like uh, grid based game where the it's kind of hard to describe. Picture like Bomberman, like 2D Bomberman, except kind of with like that type of grid layout, but you direct mice with arrows. Yeah, so the mice will just generate out of like these pods, and they'll, they'll come out at like different intervals. And what you do is you literally move a cursor around the screen to these different tiles, and with the the face buttons, you drop down a left, up, down, right arrow, and it directs the mice. Depending upon because they just move in a straight line and if they hit a wall, they go right. And that's that's how they go. So you have to uh, coordinate kind of where they go based upon where these arrows are pointing. You're trying to get them like into your spaceship. And that's how you you capture these mice and you score points. Uh, There's also cats, big old cats that uh, (laughs) they they eat the mice, but they also if they get in your spaceship, they, they reduce your points. So that's something that you try to prevent. So you're trying to get the mice in your spaceship, trying to get the cats away. But the cool, the really the coolest thing overall is playing, you know, up to four player multiplayer, where you have a bunch of mice running around all over the screen, and you're dropping down arrows trying to get them in your in your ship, but also dropping arrows to prevent them from getting in your opponent's ships. It is so hectic, but so much. Because there was. I'm trying to think even how it worked. There was four was there four different colored mice, or you said four different colored arrows and ships to get all them? all the mice were the same color, but okay, you, you each person had their own spaceship. And okay. each, yeah. And so you you kind of just uh went ahead and tried to direct as many as you could in yours and it kept a tally at the bottom, whoever had the most mice at the end of the, the round one. You got certain power ups where uh kind of like your 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 Mario Party esque game where There'd be random like rolls of the die, and player two would have to share like half of their mice with player four, things like that to kind of spice up the match. But it was a really hectic, really original game. And I actually, as far as I'm concerned, it's still original. I haven't seen really anybody try to recreate it. And it was ridiculously like it because I remember you brought it over. This was 2001. We'd both just gotten a Dreamcast, it was like summer 01. And I was thinking, like, this game. Is gonna. It looks kind of stupid. Like It doesn't it look did. like it would be my cup of tea at all. It looks like a it's Japanese good. like knockoff Dreamcast game. Yeah, because it looks like it was like, cheaply made. And, and it probably was.
1: That's but true. It's ingen-
0: but, like, but it's ingenious. A lot of the graphics and stuff pushed the Dreamcast or like, cutting edge at the time. And this was just kind of like, it looks like, like you said, it didn't look out of place in the Game Boy Advance.
1: Like, but it's, it's super fast-paced
0: there. and it was... I'd argue it's probably one of the best multiplayer games on the Dreamcast, even though there was, there was a slew of pretty good ones overall. Oh, it definitely was. And it's just one of those where like I feel like you have to play it to appreciate it, because even watching it, you might not think, like, oh, that's not that that fun or something. It doesn't look that great. But once you play it, the game is addicting, and it's good. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like trying to describe in words like any puzzle game to somebody. It's the most boring thing they've ever heard of. Like it's, it's ridiculously boring. Uh, One other thing I want to say about it, one of my favorite modes that I spent the most time with, uh, there was a a puzzle mode where you had a certain amount of mice uh, that got like launched into the stage. And before they launched, you had, you had so many directional tiles. You may have like two ups, one left, four rights and a down. And you had to use those specific arrows. That's all you could use to direct those mice to like a spaceship at the other side of the screen to get around like different obstacles and, you know, like maybe there was like cats in the middle of it and you had to dodge those and get them there. I really liked that mode too. It was just kind of a very simple puzzle mode. Kind of give you a break from the the hectic multiplayer experience if you're playing by yourself. Yeah, it was. It's almost kind of like the Candy Crush, you know, has kind of a monopoly in the market now where you have, you know, X amount of moves to beat the level. It was basically that before Candy Crush or anything existed. Yeah, and I, I I definitely appreciated those a lot more. I played a lot more of those than I did multiplayer, and there was like hundreds of them. So, another cool reason to pick it up, even if you don't have, even if you don't think that you'd be able to convince your friends to try it out. <laughs> That's true. So, Buck, what is your last one for today's podcast? All right. Well, it's going to be a game I picked up in uh, November two thousand one, and didn't actually Choo-choo get to a- rocket. <laughs> no <laughs> no I didn't actually get to play this game until Christmas because I picked it up when I went to the when with me and my dad went to the midnight launch of the Gamecube Hmm. and I picked up a couple games there and um the first one I'm going to talk about had uh, the the second one's actually going to be on this list later but the first one was the one I was really hyped for Luigi's and, mansion yep it didn't disappoint Luigi's mansion nice thank like you is- it- have you? I have. I'm sure you have played it, but I mean. Oh yeah, I, I've definitely played the original. It's the only one I've played, and I don't think I ever ended up finishing it. But that is one of the most unique gaming experiences that I've ever had. And thank God Luigi got a really solid title under his belt. Yeah, unique. It's it's super charming too. I mean, it's just and the graphics at the time, like holy crap, they were impressive. Like had a, a PS2, but it seemed like it dwarfed. Anything at the P- on the PS2 at the time was like my gosh, this is like truly next gen. I was thinking at the time. Oh, dude, fir- first party Nintendo games on the GameCube, dude, they killed it. Yeah, they were they were good and they looked good and man, just the it was a unique experience. It was I've always liked Ghostbusters, so it was just kind of a super lighthearted take on Ghostbusters. And I know that Christmas Day, uh, we always open like our gifts in the morning, and then we go over to Grandma's like. In the afternoon, then come back. I think I stayed up most of the night and I finished that in one day. That's my only knock on. It's kind of short. Was but it like man, three or four hours? Something like that? That's it for like five or six. Okay. But man, it was a fun trip. And you got the, the third one right around the corner for the Switch. It looks really good. It, it looks super good. Like the second one, um, I actually just got it uh, for Christmas last year from uh, my sister in law, actually, got Luigi's Mansion. What's it called? Like Dark of the Moon? <laughs> Not Dark Side of the Moon. Uh the for the Yeah. I don't I don't remember. To <laughs> be honest with you. But yeah, I just got that one. It's it's def- it's definitely good too, but it didn't have like the same I don't know what to call it, charm or something. Like it didn't have the same or maybe it was just nostalgia glasses too, that I was so like hyped up for Luigi's mansion. But I think the third one does look Really, really good and I definitely plan on checking it out when it comes out. I think they announced this week it comes out Halloween. Yeah, I mean that that's it's a good time. But to go back to Luigi's Mansion 2, I think there is there is something that gets lost in translation when you play a game on a console that you thought was really epic. It was like lightning in a bottle, the graphics were amazing, and then they downpoured it to a 3DS, and you're just like, this is not quite the same experience that I'm looking for. Yeah. I mean, the graphics aren't even as good as the, the GameCube original. For sure it's a downgrade. I, I definitely think that was part of it. And part of the part of the fun of those games, or at least the first one, which is the only one I've played, is just the the, the characters, the animation, the goofiness of it. And on a while the three S is a very good console, there's not enough screen real estate to really catch all those details. So No. I mean part of like Luigi's Mansion, like you said, almost feels like you're watching like a Saturday morning cartoon type thing. Or like oh, a yeah. Pixar movie or something. Like it's got that, it's got a lot of the quirkiness and and goofiness and just you know charm that can't really explain until you played it. And it's certainly fun, a good time. It's not a great one to replay, unfortunately. I mean, if it had a lot of replay value or like multiplayer, it would probably be quite a bit higher on my list. But it just I replayed it probably one or two times after that, and I had to wait. You have to wait almost like. Unless you play it with someone else, you have to wait about a few years before you replay it, because otherwise you kind of remember everything, and a lot of the the, the cool factor is kind of taken back a little bit. That's my only knock on it. Yeah, games like that, the, the mystery is definitely part of the experience. Just... But it looks like the third one is actually going to remedy some of those issues that you brought up. Since yeah, I, I think there's definitely multiplayer. It, I'm sure it'll be just about ten times bigger than the original, too. It definitely looks like it might be. I guess we'll have to see. I don't. I don't feel like we know a ton about it yet. I think we've only seen like a two or three minute trailer. But it, like, every time that I've seen, I don't know. I've always kind of been looking forward to other stuff more. But what I've seen of it, it <laughs> looks good. Yeah, we are. It's, we are. We are. We are, are kind of right we are jaded <laughs> right now. We are jaded right now. We are. There are so many good games raining down at this point. So yeah, it's ridiculous. Now there's more games than time, or money at this point. My yes, problem. I would have. I would have <laughs> never. I would have never imagined that back back in back in our heyday of playing games. No, when we were, you know, I wonder the- if we would not have even had enough time back then. It, I I don't Seriously. think so. Like if we were, in we wouldn't school, have had like enough money. money. Fifteen years, definitely not had enough money, but. I can't keep up with all the, the cool and quirky indie games coming out. There's just so many things that fly under the radar now. We're like those games before I'd read about, you know, an EGM or something, some random JRPG, like I discovered this Gaia super early and then ended up being like worth a fortune before it got re-released 87 different times. Now I feel like I missed, you know, 10 of those games on the daily. <laughs> yeah, and you just kind of have to be like, yeah, whatever. No, I, I, they can't go back now. Yeah, too many games, that's for sure. But Not a bad si- problem to have. No, especially if you don't know what you're missing. All right, so I got I got one more game on my list. And I feel like, I feel like my list today has been pretty repetitive, pretty heavy on just a few series. So number 96 on my list is going to be Super Castlevania 4, which might surprise you that it's this low too. <laughs> I did, because I thought about talking about that when you were talking about the original, because I know it's technically... A remake of the original. I actually really like Super Castlevania 4. I know I didn't say glowing things about the original, but Super Castlevania 4 is good. Yeah, it is. And it, it as far as, you know, it, it was originally intended to be a remake of the first one. I mean, if you really compare them side by side, not that similar. <laughs> uh, honestly, there, there's so many so many cool uh, next-gen upgrades going on here with Super the, Castlevania. The Mode 7 effects are awesome. The Mode 7 effects are awesome in some of the levels. Some of them, they're nauseating. Oh, kind of like ball. Mode 7 does. <laughs> uh, you also have the the first appearance of the what, what we coin the Limp Whip, where you just hold the attack <laughs> button and swing the whip around, which is mostly useless. Uh, eight-way Whipping. You could. Uh, direct up, down, left, right, diagonal, which was huge, which actually made the game considerably easier than a lot of the other Castlevania games, but that's okay. Uh, you also had uh, whip swinging. You uh, you swung through some of the stages, which was pretty cool. That worked better than I had any right to. Yeah, I can't think of too many games where I'm just like, yeah, I want to do that more. The, the only game that I think that may have worked better... I think it's actually only one of two Castlevania games that ever did it. The only one that I think did it better was Bloodlines. But, yeah, Super Castlevania 4. What can I even say? The sprites were bigger. The graphics were Super Nintendo quality. Uh, Super Castlevania 4 has one of the the best soundtracks of the series, as far as I'm concerned. I love that opening stage theme. Um, You know, like when when you're going through that, like, I don't know if I, I what I want to call it, like a courtyard, and then that fence rises up in the background. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is that the theme? Like that? I Bar- ficar- actually don't. I actually I don't think it's that one. <laughs> uh, but I know exactly which one you're talking about. Uh, I don't. I don't believe it's that one. I don't believe they use it in that game right there. But uh, that that stage was just kind of a huge, just showing off of of what was going to come and what the new technology uh, could do for, for level design and ambiance. And the, obviously the super Nintendo was just riches galore for beautiful 2d games, such as this Mega Man series, etc. But uh super Castlevania four arguably, and I'll make this argument. I think it's probably the easiest Castlevania game
1: besides mm-hmm. no, besides okay. the Metroidvania one. I got it. It is so the I'm easiest. Of
0: the, yeah. It was the easiest of the classic castlevania i was i was a little disappointed with the game because i obviously i came off castlevania 3 dracula's curse where you got multiple characters to play as and castlevania 4 did not do that but i still love it i i do replay it every probably every other year or so it's one of those ones that's a it's a short you know two three hour game at most yeah, it's one of those. If you just get in the mood. You can put it on there like a comfort game, and you can basically power through the whole thing in an afternoon. And there's nothing wrong with that. Maybe I need more of that these days. Yeah, I think I would actually welcome that because I know they're I think the new Fire Emblem game that I probably not going to buy for myself comes out this weekend. They're saying like the campaign itself takes like a hundred hours, and it's like forty hours before you get past like all the like the prologue and stuff. Like that's insane. Or like to a time skip. Maybe they should have taken a few houses out of it. Maybe shorten it. I don't know. House. Yeah, (laughs) that would have been better. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's a pretty good 10 games to start off on. I think so. We got a lot of puzzle in Castlevania, and I had (laughs) a pretty varied list. Yeah, you did. Well, one thing I found when I was making my list, probably not spoilers necessarily. I am very brand and series loyal much more than I thought I was. I'm it's not going to it's it's definitely not going to get boring, but I do I, I do love a few series uh quite a bit and I like a lot of the the entries in them. So those will be repped throughout. There will be a lot of Castlevania coming up on the list, but I will see what is there like 40 plus Castlevania games now. Not all those are going to be on here, I promise you. <laughs> I would hope Simon's Quest is not going to be on here. <laughs> no, but I, I do. I do love that game to a certain extent. There will be there will be probably a couple on here that may surprise people. We'll have to wait and see. And, yeah, I was kind of going through the games and stuff, and I was looking like uh, at all the Mega Man games and stuff. And I was just kind of like going like if I had to take like 100 games with me, would I really want like half the list to be Mega Man games? No, you'd want more variety there. That's so. for sure. I'm actually, I was actually surprised X2 didn't quite make the cut. It was like I said. It was one of the very. I think it was like the third to last. Got it got real close. You will definitely see some some other X games on here, but unfortunately, X two got real close. Didn't quite make it. So I, I think I think your reasoning for not putting it on the list, uh, while you do you do like X two quite a bit, I think it's more the memory of X two and like when you got it that yeah. is probably more important to you than the actual game in. Comparison to the whole series? Oh, for sure. And I just replayed the just recently replayed the whole um, Legacy Collection or X Collection Part One, and man, those all hold up ridiculously well. Is four still your? Well, we won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to give away the whole list. Yeah, let's not do that in the first episode. Yeah, that's all right. Bucket's about that time. I think so. We we yeah. powered through this here pretty quick. Ah, yeah, that's all right. I think once we get a little bit higher up on the list, I think we'll we'll probably have a lot more sugar uh, to lay down on these games for sure. I don't uh, I don't foresee the episodes getting any shorter. This is probably one of the shorter episodes we've actually recorded, and that's okay. Yeah, I think that, like you said, like I didn't have a ton to say about games like Virtua Fighter Four and necessarily or Rogue Legacy because I don't have the you know long history I have with some of the games coming up here, and I'm sure you're the same way. Yeah, there's that, and, the, and the, the biggest problem is I have games that I wanted to, or I did put on this list that I haven't played in years. And I'm not sure if, you know, if I played them again, would they still be, you know, on the list or not? It's one of those things, like, my memory of it is 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 so fresh in my mind, according to my mind, but not according to how frequently, or how recently I've played it. Um, it's hard to talk about it because it's basically just like talking about my memories and not so much exactly how I would compare it to games that I've played recently. So yeah, I think that's something you always run into though. Oh, for sure. Because the very, the very last game I actually cut was Joe and Mac, which is a game I (laughs) love, 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 love to death. But I was like, I don't know that if I actually went back and play Joe and Mac like right now, but I got a lot of good memories from playing at, like Mazio's Pizza back in the day. I know you'll probably remember that place, but. Man, I, is... I sort of do. Yeah, I don't know if that game would be super fun to play in the arcade, but playing on the Sega Genesis, we did that uh, a few times. That game's still pretty fun, and but yeah, a, not, yeah, not top well, 100. Yeah, it's it's real close, but not quite top 100. Not quite. I get it. I get it. Well, I in knowing that I was I was surprised that like monsters in my pocket didn't make it. I kind of assumed that that was going to slide in there. Probably a little much lower on the list, but yeah, it's a it's an amazing game. But just I didn't like over like a top hundred. I figured I'd get like everything on there and then we start making this and I'm like came up with like 150 easy. I want to put on here I was like, well, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Yeah. All right, Buck. So where can they find us? You can find us on Twitter. We're at BuckChuckGaming. Uh, let us know what some of your favorite games are. You don't necessarily have to drop the, the top 100 on there, but maybe you know five of your favorites. Or if you want to count down with us, go for it. From uh, 100 to 96. And yeah, that'd be also- really interesting to see. That'd be pretty cool. You yeah, had to see some people kind of count down and go with us. I know we're also on uh, SoundCloud and iTunes. You can check us out on there. Yeah. Yeah. Keep the conversation alive. Either one of those places. Also, just like comment. Let us know exactly what you think about, you know, the games that we have on our list and whether you agree or disagree. I feel very certain that most people will disagree because that's just easier to do on the Internet. We don't blame <laughs> them. Yeah, but it should be fun. The journey has just begun. So. We'll see you in 2020 I guess <laughs> probably when this will get wrapped up but it'll, it'll be a, it'll be a fun uh, series to continue uh, next episode should be another uh, another topic that will be announced when we get there it's, so it's but, but we'll split it up easy. we don't want to keep it too monotonous there but uh, I want to thank you guys for for listening and obviously let us know how we're doing and as always I'm Chuck and I'm Buck and you've been listening to the Buck and Chuck gaming connection. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot.